Hey Coleraine, my name is Corey Foister, the Township's intern, and I'll be your host for Season 2. Each episode we'll talk to a Township official or someone from the community and learn about them and what they do to make Coleraine Township a great place to live and work. This week I sit down with Chamber of Commerce President David Morvick. Hey Coleraine, I'm here with Dave Moravac, President and CEO of Coleraine's Chamber of Commerce. Dave, how are you doing today? I am terrific. Thanks for having me. Could you give our listeners a little bit of your background story? Sure. I came to Cincinnati in March of 2020, just as COVID hit. I'm a Chicago native and uh, lived in downstate Illinois in Bloomington, Illinois, and had an opportunity to join the Chamber of Commerce. And uh, my fiance and I moved uh, right as uh, COVID hit. What do you think so far of Cincinnati? Cincinnati has been incredible. It's been uh, very, very warm, welcoming. The West Side has been particularly um, uh, welcoming to us. Uh, the Coleraine Township folks have been uh, tremendous. Awesome. Could you give me a little bit of uh, detail on your career timeline leading up to being president of the Chamber of Commerce? Sure. I, I never thought that I would be the president of a Chamber of Commerce. I had uh, been involved in a volunteer Chamber of Commerce uh, leadership role uh, back in the 1990s in uh, the uh, Chicago suburban area, but I have mostly been uh, involved in uh, technology and in printing. So my background is in uh, business to business sales and leadership within those two specific industries. And uh, when I saw the title of President CEO of the Chamber of Commerce here, uh, I answered the ad and uh, they uh, found me suitable. So they hired me uh, February and uh, I, I commuted back and forth for a little bit before uh, moving over in the middle of March. Could you give me a little bit information about your uh, education background? Sure. I went to uh, Illinois Wesleyan University in Bloomington, Illinois. So uh, moving to Bloomington was uh, a homecoming of sorts. Um, we have, uh, I've got three kids and uh, seven grandkids around the country. Um, my fiance has uh, two kids as well, so combined we have seven uh, grandkids. Um, uh, my educational background was in business administration, and uh, as president and CEO of multiple companies, I was generally involved in companies that were uh, struggling or just getting started. Um, that doesn't feel like uh, what we have going here at the Coleraine Chamber of Commerce. Is that unique? Um, well, the Chamber of Commerce is relatively young. <clears throat> it's, uh, it was formed in 2014, so it's seven years old, but we have a um, a, a strong base. So different than some of the organizations that I've been a part of where they've lost uh, multiple millions of dollars uh, or, or been challenged in some particular way or just starting up uh, for scratch. Uh, I was with one organization that we had only one customer wow. and we built it up into a national organization. So um, it has a different, uh, different feel to it. Now, I understand that there's over 30 chambers of commerce in the tri-state area of Cincinnati. Can you explain what a chamber of commerce is and where are you located at exactly? Sure. Uh, here in Coleraine, our, we share the office with the senior center at the Coleraine Township Building. But there are over 30 chambers of commerce across Cincinnati, and they're distinctive in nature. 
uh, Cincinnati USA Chamber is very large with thousands of members and uh, large staff. There are other chambers of commerce that are smaller and volunteer organizations, so they don't have paid staff at all. So you have the two ends of the spectrum, and then there are some that are in between, some larger chambers of commerce like uh, Claremont and Anderson County, uh, Anderson Township, uh, Hamilton City Chamber of Commerce, and uh, they have several hundred members where our chamber is considered a boutique chamber of commerce. It's just myself and one staff member, and we have about 200 members currently. So uh, we're, we're pretty unique in that way. Can you talk briefly about the history of Coleraine Township Chamber of Commerce and its board of directors? Um, and how, are, how is the board actually selected? Sure, um, the, again, the, um, the Chamber of Commerce was formed in 2014 out of what was called the Coleraine Business Association. Uh, it had been a smaller, uh, more tightly knit group of, group of business people that got together on a regular basis, did some fundraising, uh, gave some scholarships away. Uh, but weren't reaching out or connected as well to uh, area nonprofits, schools, the township, and like. So uh, the Chamber of Commerce was formed and a board of directors was uh, created. That board of directors has uh, at minimum nine representatives, and uh, those individuals are um, uh, nominated for uh, positions of leadership. In fact, during this past year, we've added uh, two new board members and an additional advisory board member uh, to the mix. So I've got a really diverse uh, board of directors led by David Denny uh, from Tetra Data Management. Uh, David is our board president, and I have a board of directors that includes Jen Conan as vice president, uh, Michael Long from Long Schaefer as our treasurer, and Kathy Smith with Sipsy Klein uh, who serves as our, our uh, board, uh, our board uh, secretary. Now, we were having an interesting email conversation before the uh, podcast, and you mentioned that the Chamber of Commerce is not connected to the township? That's correct. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce is a 501c6 nonprofit organization. Uh, the difference between a C3 and a C6 uh, allows us to do lobbying uh, as a uh, Chamber of Commerce. So most Chambers of Commerce fall into that uh, category. So um, we could uh, politically lobby in uh, both the uh, uh, state, national, or local level. However, my Board of Directors and uh, the, our charter uh, effectively uh, wants no part of a political affiliation. So uh, we're a, a political in that perspective. What it does mean, though, that is that we work hand-in-hand uh, -hand with the, chamber, with the uh, township and the area um, school district. In that way, it's really unique because, again, there's, uh, there's no pressure on our part to lobby on behalf of businesses, um, and uh, it actually uh, uh, puts us in an advantage um, uh, from, a, from a relationship perspective. There's no adversarial role, so to speak. So do you feel how the current setup is right now where you don't make political endorsement actually helps uh, the Chamber of Commerce advance their causes better? I believe it does. Um, uh, being uh, bipartisan or uh, uh, apolitical uh, allows us to work with a diverse group of people. I have great relationship with uh, the Board of Trustees uh, here in the township as well as the township leadership 
Uh, Jeff Mills sits on our board of directors uh, as one of our advisory board members, and uh, I believe we have a great working relationship with the township because of it. How many businesses are members of the chamber, and how is the chamber funded? That's a, a great question. Uh, we currently have uh, just over 200 members. We've added 70 new members since uh, the COVID period. So we're among the fastest growing chambers of commerce uh, in the state of Ohio. Um, the, uh, the chamber is funded by dues paying members. So uh, those 200 members pay an annual uh, dues subscription to participate in the various activities and, and marketing opportunities. Uh, but we also have funding that comes from sustaining sponsors. People like Rumkey and Kroger and Duke Energy uh, support our Chamber of Commerce in a more substantial way. Uh, that funding allows us to uh, staff correctly and to provide the programming that we're uh, able to, um, uh, to provide. In addition, we have two other revenue sources, one of which comes from fun large fundraisers or other fundraisers that we put together, like our Hometown Hero event, which was uh, just this past week at the Willow Event Center uh, down on South Colerain. We had 160 people. We had sponsorships for that and uh, raised a significant amount of money. Uh, lastly, we have uh, programs that are available to our chamber members. Uh, they're called ancillary benefits, where we receive a, a small portion of the revenue uh, for 401k programs and energy efficiency programs, uh, health insurance, dental insurance, those kinds of programs are available to our chamber members and those that take advantage, we say a, see a small portion of that. So it's that combined revenue that, uh, that allows us to do what we do. Now, how many events would you say in a year does the Chamber of Commerce put on? Um, we generally have two large uh, fundraising events, the Hometown Hero event, which we had uh, just recently, and uh, the award ceremony. Uh, our awards dinner is uh, likely to happen after the first of the year, uh, this coming year, um, but in a typical year, those are the two larger uh, fundraising programs. Additionally, we have um, educational programs that are put out into the community, and now with the COVID um, uh, restrictions being released, mm -hmm. uh, we anticipate having more live events uh, in person. On a monthly basis, we have a third Thursday networking event that gets hosted by one of our chamber members or a, um, a community site. We generally have uh, between 40 and 60 or 70 people at those networking events. It's on the third Thursday and generally after hours but we, uh, we supplement that with other programs throughout the month. Now with the networking event, is that open to anybody who's listening? Well, it, it is uh, open to business owners and invited guests. Mm -hmm. uh, the public is generally not welcome to participate, uh, though we probably wouldn't turn somebody away. Uh, it's intended for the business community to get together and uh, share business ideas and, and to network. Uh, those that uh, aren't involved in business uh, may not find it as, uh, you know, as engaging. What kind of topics usually come up in a uh, Chamber of Commerce meeting? Oh, uh, we could have, um, and again, I, I'm going to use by example, we uh, hosted 25 educational Zoom conference calls during the COVID period, and uh, we pivoted to be able to do things online. Uh, we might take on a topic of how to do Zoom calls better how to present yourself better in, in front of the public. 
we did a session on marketing um, and marketing topics as we came out of COVID. Uh, we took on the health-related topics, both of the, the pandemic itself, but also we brought in uh, clinical psychologists and uh, people to talk about the um, uh, mental well-being mm -hmm. of individuals during the COVID period and how to cope with that. Um, we'll bring in community leaders like um, representatives from the township or the schools um, or other entities that would um, uh, be able to provide insight into um, those things that are going on. And we have brought uh, speakers from the state and um, national legislatures. Steve Shabbat has been a part of, Cindy um, uh, Abrams has been a part of, and Bill Blessing have all been a part of uh, various chamber events and uh, uh, brought us updates from Columbus or from Washington, D.C. Now, how does one become a member of the chamber? <laughs> and what do you have to, does your business have to be located in Colerain to be a member of your chamber? No, absolutely not. Um, in fact, if you uh, ask me where the borders of Colerain are, uh, it would have to pull out a map to understand that exactly. Oh, yeah, being the new detailed. Yeah, being the new guy in town, um, there are businesses in Finneytown and Bridgetown and up in Fairfield that are chamber members. We have uh, chamber members as far north as Dayton, oh, wow. uh, as far south as the B&B Riverboats on the Kentucky side of the river. Uh, we have chamber members in Lawrenceburg and, and uh, Harrison to mm -hmm. the west and, and as far east as 71. So it's a pretty large area. Um, typically, businesses that do business or have a connection to coal rain are the best fit. So we have some chamber members that their business is located here, uh, but they might live outside of this uh, geography, mm -hmm. or their business is located out the, outside the Coleraine Township geography, uh, but they live here and they do business here. So um, not just those that are up and down Coleraine or Galbraith, uh, but those uh, in adjacent areas are, are likely uh, uh, participants. What uh, makes Coleraine Township a great place to start a business at? Oh my gosh, where do I start? Um, we have, uh, first off, we've got a terrific transportation hub. Uh, the fact that Coleraine Avenue has an exit at, uh, at 275 makes it extremely convenient to be able to go east and west um, uh, through, the, you know, through the area. Uh, secondly, the, the residents of the community are uh, strong supporters of the community. So, um, many of the, the individuals that uh, live here are doing business across the area. They support the mall, they support the businesses up and down Coleraine, and, um, and so if you're looking to target that audience, this is a great place to do so. Uh, Jeff Weckbach and Jeff uh, Mills have done a terrific job in promoting the open buildings that are available and uh, vacant properties to uh, potential businesses. And I think um, that we have a great opportunity to expand um, in, in a variety of different areas. Now, why should a local business owner join the chamber? Well, uh, that's a great question. And uh, uh, the easy answer to that is that every business owner has a different reason for joining the Chamber of Commerce. Some join for those benefits that I talked about earlier. Uh, they, they're not able to take advantage of uh, group insurance plans, and, but they can take advantage of the uh, health insurance plan that we have available. We have Chamber members that have saved as much as $10,000 wow. on their insurance 
uh, just by joining the Chamber of Commerce. And yet their Chamber of Commerce dues might be $300 or $600. And so there's a, a very small offset. Many Chamber of Commerce uh, uh, businesses join because they want the moniker of the Coleraine Chamber on their business, that they're supportive of the Chamber of Commerce. Um, it, it's very well recognized that businesses that support the Chamber of Commerce uh, are, are uh, more profitable and uh, more respected throughout the community, and that may be one reason to join. We have uh, a variety of businesses that uh, participate because they want to give back to the community, and doing so through the programs that the Chamber of Commerce offers, whether that's the uh, Team Up to Green Up initiative that we have in place, or other programs that, like the Hometown Hero that support the community, uh, there's individuals that want to participate that way. And lastly, there are many businesses that want to connect with one another. They want to not just support the community, but to connect from a business perspective because one more client or one more customer or one more uh, sale um, uh, offsets the cost of uh, chamber membership. So those marketing and sales and connection opportunities um, can can uh, mean a great deal to an organization's uh, uh, bottom line. How did uh, local businesses around here weather the COVID-19 storm? And there might not be any data, so I don't know if you could really answer this question, but would you say that businesses that are members of the Chamber of Commerce, did they fare better than people businesses that are kind of going it alone and not in that network? That's a really good question, and I don't have statistics to, to um, uphold that. Uh, but I will say this, that uh, when asked of the business owners, I asked if they were thriving or surviving or, um, or hurting. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they were hurting uh, and struggling, uh, the question became, what can we do to help that? Could we drive uh, additional social media uh, blitzes on their behalf? Uh, Specifically, challenges right now, even coming out of COVID, have to do with workforce issues. There are many businesses that are challenged with uh, hiring enough uh, people. There's not a day goes past that I don't get a call from somebody uh, asking for help in hiring. Uh, Those businesses that were uh, surviving the uh, pandemic were Uh, doing things the way they had done them before, maybe pivoting a little bit to drive customers their way, or um, if they didn't provide uh, takeout food, they now were uh, forced into doing so uh, just to get by. Most of the businesses, though, that I talked to were actually thriving because of the pandemic. Uh, Their businesses took advantage of the fact that people were at home. Uh, They needed to uh, beautify their home, so they uh, had construction contractors Uh, uh, putting an addition on their house for more space or refinishing uh, an unfinished basement to a finished basement so they had more space uh, with their kids uh, staying at home. They were putting more um, emphasis in their yard because they weren't traveling. So they were greening up their yard and and investing that way. So the businesses that supported those uh, areas were actually thriving during the pandemic. We saw very few uh, very few businesses that uh, collapsed here in Coleraine during that period of time. And one last thing uh, I will share with you is that the, um, uh, the, the businesses that um, were a part of the Chamber of Commerce 
band together to support one another. And I think that's an important distinction in a community like this mm -hmm. where uh, people do have an option to get on 275 and drive someplace else or uh, drive into the city and, and support another business. They supported their own during that period and I think that was uh, a tremendous thing. Now the Chamber helps local businesses in marketing. Can you tell me more about that program? Sure, uh, there's various ways that, um, that a business can take advantage of marketing opportunities. First off, uh, they might advertise um, uh, through, the, um, um, through the sponsorships, mm -hmm. which brings out their logo and, and drives a, a awareness. We also have a database that can be used and, and uh, that list purchased for uh, distribution of specific uh, marketing materials. We have a monthly newsletter that goes out to promote the uh, goings on and uh, more, most importantly I think is our social media Facebook page uh, mm -hmm. where we um, have chamber members post on a regular basis job opportunities and um, uh, upcoming events and, and community uh, items. And I think that uh, all three of those or all four of those uh, combined together give uh, a business for a very small cost uh, a great opportunity uh, given the other marketing uh, dollars that could be spent. Now, if I wanted to subscribe to the newsletter, where do mm -hmm. I go and uh, what is the Facebook page? Sure, it's uh, the Facebook page is simply Colerain Chamber uh, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Our website is colerainchamber.org and you can reach me uh, via email at president, uh, simply president at colerainchamber.org. Now, you've only been president now for a little bit over a year of Correct. the chamber, but so far, what would you say is your proudest achievement? Well, I think that the event last week for the Hometown Heroes was absolutely incredible. Um, we had 160 people in attendance. Um, we recognized five local individuals. Uh, I could tell five different stories of uh, amazing work across the community that uh, people that are giving uh, mm -hmm. back, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, secondly, I think that our small group approach is unique to the to this particular Chamber of Commerce. We brought a, uh, an idea of innovation to, to uh, the, the Chamber of Commerce uh, in the pivot uh, time period during this COVID period. And we're starting to create in unique relationships through what we call teams. Together, everyone achieves more support. And these small groups uh, with small group leaders are starting to build a, a momentum along with the other small groups that have been created, uh, things like our sales summit and our women's networking group. We started a golf league uh, during the pandemic because we knew we could be outdoors and we could build relationships, uh, business relationships on the golf course. So Pebble Creek has hosted us now and this is our second season uh, for, that, uh, for that golf league. And I think that the unique small group approach um, is, uh, is uh, I feel like my crowning uh, achievement at this point so far. Now, uh, could you tell me a little bit about some of the projects that the Chamber is currently working on? Sure. Um, one of the biggest uh, initiatives we have right now is the Team Up to Green Up. I mentioned it earlier, but uh, Team Up to Green Up Coal Rain is an opportunity for business community to support at least initially three uh, specific things. Uh, cleanup of the community from a garbage perspective. If you drive down Coleraine Avenue and you see a business that has uh, garbage or uh, things thrown, 
uh, is that the kind of place you want to live or the place you, you want to work or uh, for businesses to be attracted to the area. So if we step up our game, so to speak, and uh, begin to clean up the community, um, we'll become even more attractive than, than we currently are. Um, secondly is recycling. Uh, to be able to uh, say as a business that we're uh, doing better for our environment by recycling uh, plastic, paper, et cetera, uh, within our businesses, uh, many of us are doing it at home right now with our trash collection and our, our recycling bin collection, uh, but may, may not be doing so in our business. And if we're able to uh, say that to our, our customers, to our clients, that we're doing a better job in that way, then um, uh, the, the individuals may support our business uh, better. The last thing is uh, the township has a green initiative to uh, beautify the community with uh, uh, trees and bushes and, and uh, foliage. And uh, our support of that in the business community is important because uh, typically you, you identify that with a residential community, not necessarily the business community. But in the parkways and the um, adjacent areas to the businesses, if they can uh, visually be more attractive and additional green um, then again, it, it becomes a more attractive uh, place to work and to and to live. Now we've touched on it a little bit before, but can you tell me more about the relationship of the chamber and the city government of Colerain? Sure. the The township government uh, and the board of trustees have uh, purposefully, in fact, they brought me here in September to share our vision of the business community, and they've worked closely with us. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Jeff Mills sits on our board. Jeff Weckbach, assistant administrator, sat on our board of directors. He's recently stepped off. But it allows us to uh, be a liaison between individual businesses and the township uh, from time to time and for us to uh, uh, bring forward a unified approach uh, to communication. The Team Up to Green Up uh, initiative uh, is is foundational to that, but there's lots more that we can be doing. Uh, we have the community fireworks coming up on July 4th, uh, July 3rd, I guess, uh, the fireworks are for celebration of the 4th of July. Um, but if we as a business community can support that initiative on behalf of the, the community through the, through the township, I'm all in favor. Now, what role, if any, does the chamber play when it comes to the city budget of Coleraine and Coleraine's economic development plan? Yeah, there's, uh, that's a, a, a really good question and, and uh, one that has a pretty simple answer, and it's that we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, many towns, many cities, many chambers of commerce have an economic development arm. We do not as a chamber of commerce. Uh, we're a small staff. It's just myself and one administrative assistant that works on a part-time basis to attract businesses to the community on an intentional basis mm -hmm. uh, is really the responsibility of the township itself. However, if we've created a business environment and a, a local arm like the Chamber of Commerce that um, is uh, adjunct to that uh, business attractiveness that the township is putting forward, uh, when a, a business potentially is going to move into an area, then uh, they'll see us as uh, in partnership. So we don't actually get involved in the township budget um, while we rent uh, space from the township and the uh, facility that we're in. Um, 
we don't answer to their budget, nor do they answer to ours. In what ways did the Chamber of Commerce uh, influence local government decisions? Um, I, th I think that uh, it's a soft uh, uh, influence. Um, there have been conversations that I've had with each of the Board of Trustees or uh, uh, Township Administration about specific um, uh, things that are going on in the, in the Township, but uh, in open forum, as an example, at last night's uh, board meeting, mm -hmm. you would not typically find me um, uh, coming before the board and, and with my hand slapping saying, we need to do this, that, or the other. It's just uh, that's not how it, it happened. So um, with the, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, if a business uh, had a particular issue, they would probably come to the township before the Chamber of Commerce would get involved. Now, uh, is the Chamber of Commerce uh, involved in state lobbying? We're not involved in any lobbying. In fact, um, we were uh, able to apply for a PPP loan because we didn't. Uh, Chambers of Commerce had been excluded from the funding available on a national level mm -hmm. because of 503, uh, 501c6 status and that lobbying effort. Uh, however, uh, we, uh, as a Chamber of Commerce, made a statement in our uh, response for that PPP loan that we did not do any lobbying. Um, so I, I have no lobbying effort on, at all. Now we see more and more every day people uh, taking a risk. They want to start a business. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to somebody who is considering starting a business and um, what are the major pitfalls that they should avoid? Well, um, <laughs> definitely a loaded <There's>, question. <laughs> well, uh, uh, partly, be, partly because there is so much involved in making that decision. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are more entrepreneurial than others and are open to the risks associated with starting that business. Um, I've been both a business owner and a business fiduciary. I've been the president and CEO of multiple companies, and uh, that doesn't come without challenge. So uh, first off, uh, if, uh, if you're not up for that risk um, or are risk averse, then my recommendation is always to, to um, not make that uh, choice. If you do uh, and, and uh, uh, you do decide you're going to start a business, first and foremost, do your research, uh, both into the industry and the geography that you're covering. Um, among the biggest mistakes that I hear uh, from small and startup business owners is that they have a grandiose idea, but they don't necessarily have a target audience or haven't focused on that target audience. Um, today, with our global economy being what it is, we have several businesses here in Colerain um, that don't have any customers in Colerain, that they do business outside of this geography on a business-to-business uh, -business basis. They sell um, uh, industrial pieces of equipment to the West Coast or overseas. And um, when starting a business, you have to consider uh, what you know who your who your target audience is. Uh, secondly, I think that uh, important to the, enough uh, to that decision is the people aspect. Um, many people aren't many individuals aren't people 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 <laughs> if you can say it that correct. Um, uh, but they aren't necessarily built to work with employees or this uh, challenges associated with management of those employees. Um, today, again, in the workforce um, uh, challenges today with the, the hiring, 
uh, not having a human resources background, you could step uh, in uh, landmines, uh, even from the get-go from a staffing perspective. Uh, there are businesses that have had to slow down their uh, delivery of uh, their services or their uh, products in order to um, uh, serve, uh, serve during this time. As an example, a restaurant might not open their, their dining room and only have drive-through because they've got staff uh, only for that, for that purpose. If you're starting up a business and haven't thought about the creative ways to make that happen, um, you're, you're likely to fail. Lastly, uh, and, and certainly not leastly, is the financial aspect of, of uh, uh, starting a business. If you don't have the resources from a financial perspective to get that business off the ground, or you're trying to do it out of cash flow, it can be very challenging. So um, uh, the stresses associated with your family and, and the finances that go with that in a small business uh, can be overwhelming. And my recommendation is always to give those things strong consideration when uh, deciding to open up a business. Now you mentioned a couple minutes ago about starting your own business. Could you tell me a little bit about that experience and what it was like to own and run your own business? Oh my gosh. I uh, started a printing business in uh, the uh, middle 1990s. Mm -hmm. uh, I had three kids at home, uh, five and six and under mm -hmm. at the time. Uh, I ran the business out of my house and I um, uh, went door to door selling printing at a time when, when um, printing was just starting to uh, slow down. Mm -hmm. And so I, there were nights where I didn't come home until I got the next client. Um, I, I started basically with uh, no clients, worked in the healthcare and insurance fields a lot with uh, file folders and the, the uh, paper products that were on the inside, uh, but also uh, marketing materials and promotional ad specialties. Um, it was uh, strictly myself and an office administrator, uh, so I'm familiar with the, the current setup that I have. Uh, but I had suppliers around the country. I worked with some uh, larger organizations um, and had some uh, uh, fun success with that. Uh, but uh, but there were certainly sleepless nights, uh, certainly not without the challenges uh, that I mentioned before in starting a business, but certainly it was worth it for me to, uh, to do so. I sold that business in 2008, um, continued on into the technology, uh, technology realm and, and uh, enjoyed that during the time that I was uh, involved in, in educational technology. Now, business is, uh, it, it requires a lot of risk. Uh, at your lowest point, when you are struggling the most, uh, <laughs> what kept you motivated? Like, what was the thing that motivated you to keep going? Feeding my family. Feeding your family. I had uh, three kids, uh, a wife that was at home with uh, uh, supporting those kids, and, and she wasn't working. So it was incumbent upon me to get out and make it happen. That was... Uh, Again, there were sleepless nights uh, from that perspective, but um, but again, very, very worthwhile. Now it's the summer, and this is the last question I always ask everybody before signing off here. Uh, people like to engage in summer reading, so uh, is there any great book, especially for people who's considering starting a small business that you would suggest, a couple of books, something? Or it doesn't even have to be business, just something that you're interested in that you would like to suggest to the listeners. Well, I am a book person, and I'm glad you brought that up because the 
Chamber of Commerce has a book lending library of 500 titles. Uh, we've uh, accumulated a handful purchased, but mostly donated because of our book uh, program partnership with Side by Side uh, here in the community. Side by Side has donated uh, over 40,000 books across the Coleraine community to uh, young people. And uh, in the process has uh, become a, a supplier of business books that also got donated and they didn't know what to do with. So my office is filled with 500 titles. Uh, if you want me to select a single one, there there aren't. Uh, there's probably not one single one. I can recommend Good to Great, uh, which is on my desk and actually in my in my briefcase as we speak. Uh, if you're looking for a summer read, there's a book called Playing with the Enemy. It's a, a novel written by a good friend of mine named Gary Moore, who is uh, currently uh, in later stages of uh, stage four stomach cancer. It was written about 10 years ago about a life experience uh, that he had with his father, and uh, it incorporates World War II, uh, the U-505 submarine, which is in the uh, Museum of Science and Industry up in Chicago, as well as, um, uh, as, well as baseball. So if you're a baseball fan, uh, World War II history fan, and a relationship fan, I can always recommend playing with the enemy. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on. Uh, and also, you taught me that on the west side of Chicago, you can be a White Sox and a Cubs fan. Absolutely. You can be a White Sox and a Cubs fan on the west side of Chicago. There's some on the south side and the north side. But if you're on the north side, you're generally a Chicago Cub fan. On the south side, uh, supporting the White Sox. But uh, on the west side, we can support whoever we want. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey Coleraine. Please subscribe to the show on the podcast platform you listen to so you don't miss an episode. Also, give Coleraine Township a like on Facebook, which is a great place to learn about the latest happenings in our community. You can also visit us at Coleraine.org. On behalf of everybody at Coleraine Township, this has been Corey Foister. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.